Rolling, bro. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. It's stores, right? Yep. Brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 168, the last day of May in 2019. Back in 1934, prior to there being an aquicide that could have cleared your beach of weeds, mm-hmm. it was 106 degrees. And on this day in 1889 in Gumption County, it was 33 degrees. And boys, you know what today is. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Hit it, boys. The Sands is proud to present a wonderful new show, A Man and His Music. Already? The music of Count Basie and his great band. As I gaze out from the deck above the, on the boathouse, look, yeah. at, look at the town. Look at the town. The man is Joe Suchere. The opener, baby. We are open. Ah. Here we go. Let's hit it now. How did all these people get in my room? (laughs) Seriously? That was perfect and right on. Oh, we're switching gears here. This is the last... Day of May. This is the latest garage opening. We almost made it to June. Right. This is the latest garage <laughs> oh opening God. in uh, Garage Logic history. But what an opener it is as we start the podcast. It's already about 81 or 82 degrees. Man. Could hit 90 on some of those bank thermometers, like <laughs> right. that one at the Common Surface Savings and Loan in downtown Garage Logic. But let's listen to. Now, you had uh, residents of Garage Logic contacted you to get mic'd up. Uh, yes, so they have remote microphones, and uh, they're very excited. And we said you cannot open your garage door until Joe gives you the official. It, um, no, we're open. This is official. We right, are let's, open. Let's the open garage... the crowd mic first. All right. Is go. this down at the park? Yeah. Okay. Oh, let's listen to right the by mullet. the pavilion. Yeah, right by the pavilion. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Are kids swimming today? I think they are. Yeah, because they got all their aquaside pellets, so there's no weeds. Yeah. You gotta make I hope, I hope that I knew Steve Anderson would show I knew up. It. He's got the grand piano set up near the pavilion. Oh, yeah. Ah, isn't that nice? What a beautiful spring day. You tell me when. And the garage doors, however euphemistically are officially open. I know that many of you have opened your garage doors prior to today. But today is a festive holiday in Garage Logic. Beautiful. 
drums. All right, guys, go ahead. Open your garages. There we go. There's one. What, what the hell like is this from? Uh, what's this from Peru? Some people have quiet ones. Squeaky. Yeah, and eat some WD-40. Right. All right, Jim. Jim, is your mic on? Well, he's Jim's you mic's on. He's getting feedback. Yeah. All right, Frank. Thank you. Hit one. it. Oh, he's got one of those electric ones. Yeah. Isn't that quiet? So does Howard Clary's, who writes, considering this is a record-setting year, and in anticipation of what is to be a memorable garage door opener, I offer the following. The attach is a recording of my 30-year-old one-half-horse Chamberlain garage chain drive door opener. What makes this one so special? About 10 years ago, the gearbox gave up the ghost. Did I replace the entire unit? No, 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 no. I took it down and rebuilt it, and she has purred like a kitten since. We here in GL have earned the right to celebrate, enjoy the day, best Howard. But uh, it, he fixed his garage door opener so superbly that the audio he provided me of it is you can't even hear it. No. It just purrs. You want to hear it? Yeah. yeah I have well, it right let's here. Let's kill okay. the crowd mic for a little bit. It, just speak. This is, well, this is a Gumption County resident. Right. It sounds yeah. fast. Is that Howard? Yep. Each wow. year I have a deck opener party which follows the same rules as the garage door opener. You might remember I emailed you a few years ago. Looks like we're going to be right on the edge of 70 today. This was written yesterday, but it might not happen until around 7 tonight, if at all. When will you be declaring a go or no-go decision? Well, today. I assume it needs to hit 70 at a specific time, right? Or while you are doing the show. This is quite the dilemma for me. I need to let people know by 3 o'clock today if the party is on uh, based on your ruling. Well, this came in at 3.30 yesterday. Uh, I wasn't here to give this fellow some help. No, Lee. Uh, I hope I hope the party went on as scheduled. All right. I'm a, I'm screenshotting the current temperature, and I'm going to continue. I'm going to send this out via um, uh, Twitter and Facebook that the official opener has been set. Yes, it is. It's been set. You want to go out to the um, okay. to the lake? I do. All right. Spoon Lake. Let me switch gears here. Okay. Well, you have you have some mics down at the beach, don't you? Yes, we do. Oh, I love Steve, when Steve plays playing. the piano too. Can you imagine how festive it's going to be around? Well, by the time late afternoon rolls around, <laughs> I mean, we did call a scramble here pretty early. True. Can you hear that boat? No, I haven't yet. Who's out? Do you think? There's the wave. Uh, oh wave. yeah, yeah. yeah. Eric Geller. Really, Eric? Really? As I was working on the car in the garage today, meaning yesterday, May 30, a, a beautiful and warm Thursday, I was wondering if you might comment on Friday's podcast why it is that the garage door opener has to fall on a Friday. I'm sure many in Garage Logic don't follow an office work week, and many of us are fruitfully retired. Why can't the garage opener be any afternoon that reaches 70 degrees in the spring? Oh I don't know, Eric, because we made it Friday. Exactly. Okay? That's just it's a it Friday. That's the way it is. That's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not changing it now. 
And today, uh, and this year, in 2019, you had to wait till the last day of May, May 31st. Well, could it be that Eric is a new listener? It doesn't sound like it. Okay. Doesn't sound like it, Well, because that might be a common question for someone that maybe just picked up the podcast. Local telephone number. All right. Come on, Eric. It's today. You know why? That's just the way it is. just the way it is. Uh, Okay. Uh, Kids up in North Branch got in a little trouble with their uh, end of the school year parade of ATVs. Whoops. Farm tractors, ATVs, cars. They uh, they blocked all the traffic to the point where the cops had to come and clear them out there. <laughs> you got to think it through, kids. You got to think it through. Right, right. Man, happy opener, GLers. The U.S. Department of Energy is now referring to fossil fuels as freedom gas. And Jordy notes, and Jordy notes, this is what I've been calling my Roycey like gas attacks for years. Boom, freedom hey. gas. Woo. Hey, how are you? <laughs> Let's go to the beach. Okay. Boy, sounds kids. like a sounds like a beach scene. Kids are having fun. Aren't they? All right, good luck. If they ha- now, that's a public beach in Garage Logic, but a request did come through the mayor's office uh, for the uh, funds required to bring aboard Aquaside. So our beach nice. at the, on, on the east shore of Spoon Lake is perfect because Aquaside pellets clear the algae out, they clear the weeds out, and Aquaside has been doing this on lake and pond property for more than 60 years. These products are easy to use and begin working right away. And Aquaside is registered with both the EPA and DNR because their products are safe for you, the fish, the water, your family. Don't let weeds overtake your lake. Get get Aquaside. Throw the pellets out there and bing, bang, boom, your weeds are gone. Uh, and plus, Aquaside will help you identify the weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. Call Aquaside at one 800 328-9350. It's 1-800-328-9350 or go to aquaside.com. Uh, John writes, I'm finally writing to you. I've been a fan for a long time. One of the stations I work for in St. Cloud carried the show. In fact, we even recorded some promos for a few of my advertisers for sponsoring our GL broadcast. I haven't missed a single podcast and I just filled out the questionnaire. Nice. Uh, I'm an avid golfer, and I enjoy heaters whenever I'm on the course up here. In fact, I have it on my bucket list to get to Sodi's to check the place out, also to Grunhofer's. My hobby is smoking meat. My son, Luke, lives in Illinois and never misses a podcast. We talk about your podcast as we drive home from our respective jobs. Two years ago, he planned his vacation so we could catch you guys live at the fair. Glad you'll be back. By the way, Luke just purchased a new golf bag. I asked him what his wife said. He told me he's using the 48-hour rule. You talk about garage wood once in a while. My youngest daughter just had another birthday and wanted me to make her a cat tree for her gift. Don't tell Roycey. He hates calves. <laughs> Cats. And he sent me a picture of the cat, cat tree, tree he made out of 100% garage wood. Nice. nice. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that uh, already? already? Somebody's oh, right was, next was, to that microphone. Is that Otis? You called the Taunting. opener. Was that Otis? You yes. called the scramble. Right. Quick question, by the way, as it relates to garage wood. Uh, Johnny Height's last day this week was Wednesday. Yes. So he sent me a photo. He and the wife spent last weekend cleaning out the garage, doing this and that. He didn't fall into a bin or anything, did he? No, not, not this yet. time. Okay. But he did have the photo of his garage wood, which was old, really cool baseball bats. Oh, yeah? Does well, that count? That counts. Okay, that's because wood. I posted it, and a lot of GLers said, that. no, nah, that doesn't count. That's, those are baseball bats. On this beautiful spring day, it cannot go unnoticed that a uh, member of the salon in Minneapolis has written a 
an opinion piece for the Star Tribune, the headline of which is, To Save the Planet, We Have to Get Over Cars. Uh, it's by Sam Rockwell. He is the president of the Minneapolis Planning Commission. Uh, I would imagine that's an unelected position. Yes, by most a likely. Fellow yeah. in good standing of the salon. Uh, and he writes, uh, he, he not only is convinced that an internal combustion engine-based automobile has to go, but he also thinks electric cars do too. What? Because he doesn't want driving at all. He, because he, he thinks if, if we can completely eliminate personal transportation, okay. we can reimagine cities and make these communities uh, walkable, bicycle only, and live in complete density. And he said, this is the, uh, the way we live our lives now is how we got into this climate catastrophe in the first place. There is no climate catastrophe. Right. Catastrophe is a big word. What is the climate c- catastrophe? That it's changing, possibly? It in, always in his has. Mind, in it his mind. Has. Right. And it, it always will. <clears throat> right. And I, I won't read the whole editorial because I think he's... He's a fool. Well, uh, the potential impacts of our climate crisis. <clears throat> what, what's the crisis? Again. Are frightening and overwhelming. Really? The path to avoid climate change's worst potential can be joyful and fulfilling, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and he has a bunch of uh, ass statistics, too, ah. that Minneapolis trails other cities in its per capita greenhouse gas emissions. And he comes up with uh, uh, Minneapolis was 9.8 tons. Uh, we don't know No, we don't that. know that. I, I want to. Uh, we don't know I, that. I want to uh, revisit something I've read before. Uh, from a fellow who uh, I'm very confident in suggesting is uh, has more wisdom than whoever this Sam Rockwell fellow is. Sam Rockwell uh, sounds like a guy who has consumed every bit of the Kool-Aid. He thinks we're in a catastrophe. Mm-hmm. He thinks we're in a crisis. He, what so, is it? So much so that he might even be licking the, the, the powder pouch that the Kool-Aid came yeah, out of. Yeah, the right. remnants. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want to revisit a fellow named Garth Paltridge. Garth Paltridge is 79 years old. He's a retired Australian atmospheric physicist. Oh, man. He is a visiting fellow at the Australian National University, an emeritus professor, an honorary research fellow at the Institute of the Antarctic and Southern Ocean Studies at the University of Tasmania. Oh. In other words... He knows what he's talking about. He's got the street creds are, are legit. Rook, the University of Tasmania, what's their mascot? The Devils. a boy. On May 5th of this year, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He wrote this in 06. No, this was posted May 6, 2019, but it might be a piece that Garth Paltridge wrote in 06. Okay. Uh, and the headline of the piece is Climate's Uncertainty Principle. Uh I'm just going to read you some selected pieces of it with this Sam Rockwell fellow in mind. While the forecasts of future global average climate are not really trustworthy, it would probably not be very useful even if they were, the potentially much more useful forecasts of regional climate are perhaps just nonsense. A good example supporting this rather negative view of the matter is the variability of the set of 100-year forecasts of the average rainfall over Australia. Each forecast was produced by one of the many climate models from around the world. 
The present day measured average is about 450 millimeters per year. The forecasts for the next century range from less than 200 millimeters to more than 1,000 millimeters. That sort of thing makes finding a model to support a particular narrative just too damn easy. <laughs> just, I added damn, it's just mm. too easy. Uh, as a consequence, the economic models of the future of regions and nations are highly unreliable, if only because their regional and national inputs of forecasted climatic data are unreliable. Uh, uh, I'll just cut to the end of his... Well, no, this is another important paragraph before I get to the end for Mr. Rockwell's benefit. Okay. The significant point in this cost-benefit business is that there is virtually no certainty about any of the numbers that are used to calculate either the likely change of the climate or the impact of that change on future populations. In essence, it is simply assumed that all climate change is bad, that the current climate is the best of all possible climates. Furthermore, there is little or no recognition in most of the scenarios that mankind is very good at adapting to new circumstances. It is more likely that if indeed climate change is noticeably bad, the future population will adjust to the changed circumstances. If the change is good, the population will again adapt and become richer as a consequence. If the change is a mixture of good and bad, the chances are that the adaptive processes will ensure a net improvement in wealth. This for a population which, if history is any guide, and for reasons entirely independent of the climate, will probably be a lot wealthier than we are. And to conclude, uh, a, a, a quote that I I've, I've keep at the ready okay. for occasions like encountering these, these dismal forecasts by the likes of Sam Rockfell, Rockwell, and un, unelected, I'm imagining unelected. Uh, could I be wrong on that? Or, I don't recall. I don't think you run for a seat on the planning commission. Um. I don't. Th uh, let me look. You ready for uh, Garth Paltridge's final paragraph? This is an essay, by the way, that initially appeared uh, in the uh, in the uh, at a site called Quadrant. It was alerted. I was alerted to it by an emailer months ago or a month ago. Here is uh, Mr. Paltridge, astrophysicist, uh, concluding: the bottom line of political politically correct thought on the matter, the thought that we must collectively do something drastic, abandon cars in Minneapolis. That's drastic. Now, to prevent climate change in the future, is so full of holes that it brings the overall sanity of mankind into question. For what it is worth, one possible theory is that mankind, or at least that fraction of it that has become overeducated and more delicate as a result of a massive increase of its wealth, has managed to remove the beliefs of existing religions from consideration, and now it misses them. As a replacement, it has manufactured a set of beliefs about climate change that can be used to guide and ultimately control human behavior— you will bike, you will walk, wow. you will live in density. Jeez. The beliefs are similar to those of the established religions in that they are more or less unprovable in any strict scientific sense. This essay originally appeared in The Quadrant, Q-U-A-D-R-A-N-T. I, I could not find a paragraph written by such uh, an esteemed fellow in terms of his education. I could not find in a paragraph I, I agree with more. I've never, I've never been able to articulate it as well as uh, Garth Paltridge has, but that's what I've been thinking for the last 20 years. This has become your theology. Mm -hmm. And you have a fellow now on the planning commission 
uh, actually he's the president of the planning commission, uh, who intends to bring about a complete, I won't be around to see the folly that this results in, but he intends to be part of a group of thinkers in the salon who will not only want to get you out of your gas-powered vehicle, they don't even want electric cars. They want a complete reduction in uh, passenger miles traveled by automobile, Mm. because that can then result in the kind of city that this fellow, uh, in his uh, infinite wisdom, believes will save us from catastrophe. Sure. What catastrophe? What's the What's the gentleman's name again? Sam Rockwell. We should reach out to him, have him be a guest on the show. I don't want to talk to him. I'd like to know how he gets to work every day. Well, I, you know what? I'll give him this. He's so far over the top, I bet he doesn't have a car. He, he'd have a lot of balls if he had a car to write this. <laughs> that's, that's what I want to know. Yeah. How do you get to work every day? Has anybody ever seen Russ Stark on the Green Line or on a bicycle? I don't think I, I have. He's uh, he's St. Paul's. Uh, yes. What version. is he, Matt? He's uh, uh, he is chief resiliency officer, oh, which yeah. means he's he's in charge of uh, forecasting catastrophe sure, and hysteria. Right. Right. Just so long as the taxpayers can pay something for that. This is all nonsense, people. And I I I know GLers know this, but this is all nonsense. The, the temperature data has been uh, found to be fraudulent. Uh, the models can be accommodating no matter what or whatever. Like this, Paltrish points out, okay, next century the rain is forecast between 200 millimeters and uh, 1,000. We said, well, that's too easy mm-hmm. to find a model that supports your contention. Right. Although you just mentioned the St. Paul guy, uh, and I hope you weren't Start. bringing this up, but uh, there was pushback in St. Paul. With the garbage. You guys saw that. I, I got that today. Yeah. I got okay, that. Good. Well, the salon was slapped on the hand, wasn't it? Yes. The salon was... By we'll the get way, to that. For the commission, the membership is 10 members consisting of mayoral appointments and reps from the school board, park board, sure. and Hennepin County and the city council. Okay. This fellow is an appointed person. He's 50 not elected. Bucks, 50 bucks per meeting. He's not... Well, whatever. He's not elected, and yet he, uh, he had this uh, marvelous space given to him in the Star Tribune today to say uh, cars must go, both gas and electric, because I intend to bring about, by 2040, a completely different vision of how we should live. Rook, do you have the salaries posted with those particular positions appointed uh, by the mayor? We do not. Oh, that's too bad. But it looks like, no, that's just, they get, that board gets 50 bucks per meeting. Hmm. Once that's again. It. The bottom line of politically correct thought on the matter, the thought that we must collectively do something drastic now to prevent climate change in the future, and that's what uh, Mr. Rockwell is advocating, a communal coming together to prevent this catastrophe, is so full of holes that it brings the overall sanity of mankind into question. For what it's worth, one possible theory is that mankind or at least that fraction of it that has become both overeducated and more delicate as a result of massive increase of its wealth, has managed to remove the beliefs of existing religions from its consideration, and now it misses them. As a replacement, it has manufactured a set of beliefs about climate change that can be used to guide and ultimately control human behavior. The 2040 plan in Minneapolis is a guide to control human behavior behavior it has nothing to do with the climate nope but also like you said it's it's running unchecked because there's no there's nobody there to oppose it the beliefs are similar to those of established religions in that they are more or less unprovable in any strict scientific sense 
Can you give that fellow an amen? I, I'm going to uh, give uh, you an, an official, amen. Official Garage Logic door opener amen. This is a amen. Thank you. An amen. Can you uh, can you hand that to me? Because I know we're going to get inundated with email requests. I want to post that because I know people are going to want to read that. You want to post the... Uh, the, the piece uh, that you just the piece read. He read. Yes, I mean the piece I read from. Yes, yes, please. Yep, yep, yep. Is it posted yet? <laughs> Is it up? He just hit Is it up? Is it up? Is it up I yet? Want it up now. Is it up? <laughs> I know that we're having a festive day in Garage Logic. I'll say it is. And uh, it, it's the official opener. Every once in a while, please take us to the lake and the beach and the piano. Uh, people are outside. They're enjoying themselves. That's beach mic number four. A lot of tops down on old convertibles going around town. Oh, take a whiff of those, of those delicious Grundhofer brats. That's a lot beef. of people grilling already. <sighs> look at, look at. There's a guy on a Bentelli e-bike. Hey, with the fat tired one, he's riding in the sand. Bring without, your butt, bring wh- your, pick it over here. Without effort. Nice. <laughs> he's got it on autopilot. Yeah, he's got he it no on. dummy. Look at the, there's a line waiting to get into the NAC Hardware and Lounge. I'll say. Uh, But they're coming out of the NAC Hardware and Lounge with gold cups. Because, uh, oh God, there's Otis again. That's taunting. That is, it really is. Yeah. Oh, I can't. I love the. Uh, I know. Love, I, love, I know. I love, st- it. love hey, the opener. Focus. We need to finish the show here. We need. We need to really give them uh, a, a quality opener. Well, I'm. I'm working. On festive. It. I'm working on it. Podcast. Oh, we'll be back in just a moment. Okay, we can handle that. I'll listen to that beach. Are you ready for a different point of view? Say, this is Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. I'm here, as always, to answer your questions on stocks, bonds, mutual funds, what you should be doing with your retirement dollars. But of course, you do have to give me a call at 952-925-5608. With much market volatility on the horizon, you're going to need some help. So give me a call at 952-925-5608. You always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice from me. Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. I'm here to help you personally set your portfolio to deal with this upcoming volatility. So make a point to give me a call for a no cost, no obligation, 48 minute review at 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. Hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. Hear that horn? Hear that horn? Watson, I want to go over there. (laughs) That's what it sounds like. Hey, you broke my anchor. Hey. Oh. Look, he kind of does that fishtail in the crowd. Digs you, you know what? Rusty Baker has his racing shell out with their old 10 horse oh. Super Hurricane Mercury on it. You can almost smell mm. the exhaust. Mm, 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 mm. And we're sitting here doing the show, and we should be out in the water. 
We're outside. We're on the deck above, the, know, above the boathouse. I'm just can't, I can't wait for... Chris seems to... God, who is that? Otis, Otis, your mic is on in your garage. That's your third beer. It's his third one. No, ain't no counting. We ain't counting. That's true. Ain't no counting in the garage. Ain't no counting in the garage. Just a minute, I gotta make a note. Otis, what a great nickname. Otis. I think he heard us. Oh. Chris wants me to uh, posture, posture this as a uh, where do our sensibilities lie? There's a great, great. Uh, in fact, you posted this. Didn't this is you? on the Garage Logic Facebook page for all to enjoy. There's a great. Is it video? Yes, it's video there's great, and there's a still shot. Great video of kids uh, playing baseball in Montezuma, Iowa. It's a little league team of fifth and sixth graders in the eastern Iowa town of Montezuma. James. I'm sorry, Jamie Brennan, a parent at the game, took a video of the curious scene, which you can watch below, while the young ball players continued their warm-ups as a, as a very significant tornado looms in the background. Oh. Look it. Oh, my God. But That's Rook, not a... You should see the video, because the kids are literally just throwing it. It doesn't even phase them. The tornado appeared quickly and also disappeared fairly quickly, uh, Brennan said. The game before ours was canceled due to potential tornadoes. By the time it was our turn, everyone thought the storm had passed. When they were warming, warming up, it was clear outside. There was no lightning, rain, wind, or anything. The Quad Cities National Weather Service did confirm the presence of a twister that injured a man in uh, Poesheet County and damaged a farmstead near Barnes City and Deep River, which would place it squarely in the Montezuma area. No other tornado-related injuries have been reported. I know the video appears careless, but there were many people there and no one was panicking, Brennan said, remarking on the criticism she's received on social media after filming the incident. Well, of course, you social justice warriors probably had to lecture her, right. huh? Uh, I f if I felt it was a dangerous situation, I would have removed my child from the field immediately. F immediately. Just issued a tornado watch in D.C. Ooh. Oh no, there's people stuck outside. We need to get oh them out. God. This is crazy. This is crazy. I know. I'm like, well, God, it I'm wasn't like... crazy in Iowa, you you hussy. Although, <laughs> after I had posted the video, several GLers were commenting on the link below. Yeah. The storm was moving away yeah. from where the kids but were it playing. Makes, it makes a charming, charming oh. picture of, of kids... Uh, I don't know. They either didn't see it or they didn't. They, oh, no, no, Or no. they were intuitive enough to know that it was moving away the, from them. They saw it. And yeah. you know that that's going to be something they're going to remember Oh, forever. that's fantastic. I was in a game once as a kid. We were in Pine Island, and there was a storm coming. And we didn't react the same way. We all headed for the cars and the buses. Well, <laughs> uh, let me tell you something. That's. I think that says a lot about those kids in Iowa and their parents. They didn't freak. They didn't panic. They didn't go AOC on the mm -hmm. thing. Right. Uh, and they must have realized that they were they were safe. This is crazy. Well, it's because their their uh, relationship with nature is current. It's not forgotten. It's current. Mm -hmm. So they know. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. You're right. You're right. They know when to really get panicked and when to go. You know what? We're good. They know when to say when. Um, Bill Miller, our friend Bill Miller from uh, a Marine on Saint Croix, yeah, just sent me an email. 
And uh, let me read it to you because it's very charming and fits in with the opener. Joe and the gang, hail the flashlight king. Hail, hail you. you. Marina on St. Croix is a town of 700 people and just celebrated our 175th uh, year founding birthday. We're lucky and as we are smack dab on the middle of a national park, St. Croix Riverway, and our neighbor, William O'Brien State Park. Thought you would enjoy a recent discovered film of our 4th of July parades in Marina and St. Croix. We are thrilled to see this slice of our town from 1959 oh, to 1976. Oh, cool. It's on YouTube. Some would describe our town as Americana or Norman Rockwellian. We do brag that uh, uh, we have a large group of GLers here, and if a tree goes down in a storm, that group would be there on Saturday morning to run our chainsaws and get the cleanup done. Pat would be there with a hatchet. Yes, where's my hatchet? <laughs> we still have the traditional fireworks parade, fireman's ball every year. Noted in this collection are the old cars, boats, Mayor, big, fun costumes celebrating people cool. everywhere. Also note that they always brought out the original fire pumper that was purchased in 1886 and started our fire department. It takes 8 to 10 people to hand power it. It's a big purchase, a big event, as an emergency city council was called as they sent a council member to St. Paul to buy this pumper in a reaction to the only saloon in town burning to the ground. He goes on and on. but Okay, did he provide a link to the video? Yes. The movie. And I, I'm going Will to, you uh, make sure that you forward that to me so I can watch that? Yes, I will. That's right, right up my alley, as they say. It certainly is. And I can, he says, we're lucky that Grunhofer's is in Hugo and Sodi's in Stillwater is only a 10 minute drive. Enjoy. Pushback, Bill Miller. Although, when do you need that video? Do I have it yet? Yeah, exactly. I, I didn't even hit, <laughs> I didn't even scroll all the way down he yet. He's looking at me. Do you got it yet? Where, where the hell is it? I mentioned earlier that we saw a guy Jeez. down on the beach on a, on a Bentelli e-bike. Five will get you ten. He got it from EcoFund Motorsports. You know he did in Forest Lake. I tell you, those things are ripped. They're ripped with technology. They deserve a spot in the garage next to the petroleum. Plus, EcoFund sells a full line of Yamaha motorcycles. They also specialize in scooters, mopeds, youth ATVs, youth snowmobiles. Uh, but the electric bikes, man, are they catching on. They're incredible, a lot of fun to ride. They're lightweight, durable, comfortable, designed to tackle any terrain. Stop in and see for yourself and take an electric bike test ride. You're going to love it. And no other store in Minnesota offers an on-the-floor display of electric bikes that compares to what you will see at EcoFun. Now, electric is a bit of a misnomer. Yes, they have a 20-mile range on the battery. Mm -hmm. But you can pedal at any at any level of five different assist levels flawless uh number one you're doing most you're doing the work number Mm -hmm. two you're doing a little less work number three a little less and so on no on-floor display of electric bikes will compare to what you're going to find at ecofund right downtown forest lake and at ecofund you're not going to pay the crazy prices they charge for e-assist bikes at uh, bicycle shops that exclusively sell Electrical bikes. Hey, you afraid of hills? Not with this bike. Where no. are you going? No, going this, up. This is a store that sells fun. Hey. You know what else they have too? They have a really cool and active Twitter account yeah. that shows the various bikes. Oh, they're, really? they're, they're, a, they're a must follow. Right. EcoFun's Twitter account is great. Uh, find them at EcoFun Motorsports, one word ECO, EcoFunMotorsports.com. You'll have a blast. You really will. Say, I got another uh, uh, email yeah. here. Email here. Uh, Joe, I'm listening to your Positive Thursday podcast, and you mentioned that it is positive that the state is giving our money to people to plant flowers so bees return to the city. I have a family member who works at the U of M entomology department working on bees. I've asked this individual about the bees becoming extinct. I was told that the bees are not dying 
They have merely moved. Urban development has taken away bees' natural habitat, a.k.a. tall buildings. Mm. If you want an example of humans behaving the same way, just turn off the Wi-Fi and cell service. Within minutes, you will have a millennial free zone. (laughs) People will leave. Got it. This is another reason why words are important. Are bees going extinct in the city? Yes, we took away their food source. Are bees going extinct in the state or the world? No. Love the show and like Keep pushing back. <laughs> wow, what a great email. Totally, man. See, I... I so there, we're, we're windmilling bees. No, what yeah. do you mean? We, we didn't windmill them. Well, but, but urban development is what's driving oh, them away. Oh, I see what you mean. In reference to Mr. Rockwell, yeah. who, who envisions a, an urban utopia, car-free urban utopia, because that will ward off a catastrophe. Sure. Ah. There being no identifiable catastrophe. And he would say, well, look at this rash of tornadoes we're having. I would say, yeah, it's May. Mm-hmm. It's May in the United States of America. That's what happened. It happens, mm-hmm. bro. I just went climb on that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Dale writes from Iowa several shows ago, there were a couple of listeners requesting rulings on wearing hats indoors, and it brought me back to my days as a young airman stationed at Miramar. The enlisted Mm -hmm. men's club was quite a popular place for newly assigned airmen. The building had a small front bar just inside the door, whereby the bartender had a clear view of the entryway. On the wall was a small ship's bell. The bartender, upon spotting an unsuspecting rookie that entered wearing a cover, would ring the bell, and the violator was required to buy a round for everyone. (laughs) A somewhat expensive way to be reminded about wearing a cover inside a building. Thought you'd enjoy that. Thank you. This is uh, Dale from Clive, Iowa. He's enjoying the opener. Right. And when we open here... It's open around the world. Right, yes. I don't care where you're listening. International. If you're in Sweden... You're open today. I would even say in the galaxy. So if there's any UFOs zipping around a Spoon Lake, and uh, we'll we'll be good here because they they can celebrate it too. In fact, when I posted uh, the the photo of the thermostat to the Facebook page, people were checking in. I know we had a, a GLer that checked in with the garage door open in Riverside, California. Ooh. With the uh, <coughs> I'm going to see if anybody else has checked in here yet. All right. uh, we got Duluth, 75 in Hibbing. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Menifee, California. I thought it was Riverside. I've Menifee, never been to Menifee, California. Well, let's just suffice it to say we're open. She's now, open, bruh. Now, we mentioned earlier that the salon in St. Paul got its wrist slapped. A judge has, ordered, uh, has decided that the organized trash collection must go to the ballot in St. Paul and that it was a violation of the city's charter for the city council to not allow that question to go on the ballot, even though... Uh, enough petitions were right. submitted to have that placed on the ballot. So now... That's pretty arrogant of the council, too, by the way, to make that big change without putting it to the people. Well, let's come to this, though. The only check and balance now for these rulings from the salon are the courts. So what you have to root for are, are guys like this. Uh, who was it? Uh, Ramsey County District uh, Court Judge Leonardo Castro. You have to root for guys who are going to adhere to the law. Follow mm-hmm. the rules. Because we have no checks and balances from the mayor through the city council. There is, they're all of one mind. Right. And so are his 16 cabinet members. And it's the same, the closest you get to the country's tallest buildings. We're being ruled from the salon. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the salon ruled, or the salon decided looking out his stained glass windows, that uh, they were going to help save the earth by organizing the trash collection so fewer trucks would be out. Right. 
So they made the change without the people voting on it. That's all right. Here, let me read. Let me what read happens it. to people like Burquist that already sold out because yeah, they, they couldn't? Yep. I mean, I know they were bought by was it Waste Management? I, I believe so. it was. Yep. The mom and pops Highland Sanitation. The decision by Judge Leonardo Castro in reaction to a lawsuit presented by the opponents of the new system. Why don't you just shut up, Reavers? <laughs> Let's take a break. You know, I gotta get some do, water. Let's go out to the, the speedboat. What do we got going on up there? We got speedboats out there. Yep. Firearm aficionados, remember this name: DKMags.com. It's Kenny here, and DKMags.com is the only gun shop I go to in the Twin Cities. DK Mags is located in New Brighton. They have a full selection of everything and a website that's absolutely amazing and an excellent gunsmith. But it's the friendly customer service and vast knowledge without all the attitude that really hooked me. It really doesn't matter if you're a lady looking for your first firearm or just a fella looking for a new toy or information. You will leave DK Mags happy and satisfied. Try out my favorite gun shop, DKMags.com. You sure you want to go back already? You Bro, cannot stop him. Okay? He'll just make a move. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Joe, I'm fine. I'm good. Whoa, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, so hey, hey. No, no. Take another break. <clears throat> Uh, that wasn't me. That oh, was, hey, hey, That hey. was. That, I can verify that, that was. That was not me. Sitting right next to you. Gross. Back to the trash collection. Okay. Are you sure? Right. Speaking of trash. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Paul, which for decades allowed residents. You don't allow me anything. You work for me. Right. Allowed Viva. residents to choose their own hauler. Then they switched to a zone-based system on October 1, in which particular haulers collect trash from a one- to four-unit residences within designated zones or neighborhoods. Viva uh, Italia. You know, I don't know if the city will appeal, uh, but what you have here is an example of some citizens took it upon themselves to get a lawyer and sue. Normally, I'm not a fan of I lawsuits, know. but this is how it had to be done. Right. And it, they had a open and shut case. You violated the city charter, which is essentially the constitution of a city. And in the city charter, it says that when the citizens submit enough names for a petition to place a question on the ballot, it must be placed on the ballot. Sure. And the city and the people, they're getting so comfortable in the salon that they ignored that. Even though they acknowledged at the time they had the correct number of signatures and the petition was valid. They ignored it. And the judge slapped him down. The judge slapped him down. And that's what we now have to root for. I consider that pushback. Mm-hmm. But if that's, that's the pushback. That's our only pushback. But isn't that a sad state that following the rules has to be the pushback? <laughs> yeah. It has to go to the court. To to uh, to have the, the salon be told you've overstepped your your boundaries here. How will the city council approach this? Will they will they see defeat or will they get more upset? What well, do you think? I can tell you. Uh, I can tell you. Uh, this is a uh, Fred uh, 
Mello story in the Pioneer Press. Okay. City Council President Amy Brendmoen said it was too soon to tell if the city will file a legal appeal of the order or hold a special election before November to settle the issue. Through industry consolidation, the city, which contracts trash collection through a consortium, has lost roughly half of the original 15 haulers it opened negotiations I, with in 2016. I didn't know it was half. Mm-hmm. I knew it was a handful. Half. Well, that's good for waste management and Veolia. You know, I, I, I know it's the opener. I know it's the opener. Yeah. You know. I know it's the opener, too. But uh, I was alerted by uh, Tom Payne. Uh, to say, can you believe this nonsense? Actually, I bet you can. Uh, it's a piece that got posted about 5.40 a.m. this morning on the Star Is that? Well, how many is that? No count. No, you can't. That's right. No There's count. no count. can't count, but I know he's under five. So <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Jeez. He doesn't know he's mic'd up in the garage. He doesn't oh. know the mic is on. He has no idea. There's no. It's not like ours where it no. Lights you know up. what it is it's constantly. No, here. he volunteered to get his garage door mic'd. So yep. one of the openers we heard, one of the openings we heard was Otis. his garage. Yes, but then uh, he forgot to turn it off. It's a. It's almost like it's motion detected. So anytime there's a sound in the garage, the mic just automatically turns and on. So far, there's only been one sound. <laughs> right. Ah. <laughs> uh, I wonder what he's drinking. Uh, well, I, I'm trying to find what, what uh, the missus might say to him if she comes oh, out no. in the garage. Oh, but I can't no. find that. No, Remember that, that? one? Oh, I, don't sure that went. I don't know where that went. You know, She's going to come out there and FFLF him. You know she will. Minneapolis City Council members are drafting a new ordinance that would limit how landlords use criminal credit and eviction history to screen prospective tenants. As city officials search for ways out of the affordable housing crisis, they are taking aim at a long-running point of contention in the housing debate, the tenant screening process. Housing advocates say the process does not give a full picture of an individual's ability to be a good tenant. But property owners say restricting their ability to screen tenants would prevent them from having enough information about potentially unsuitable applicants. Under a draft ordinance sponsored by Council President Lisa Bender, who doesn't shovel her sidewalk, and Council Member Jeremiah Ellison, landlords would be barred from denying an applicant on the basis of felony convictions. If the cases are more than five years old, misdemeanors more than two years old, arrests that did not result in a conviction, expunged or vacated convictions, and convictions from the juvenile justice system. The ordinance would also disallow property owners from denying an application because of an insufficient credit history, credit scores lower than 500, and eviction judgments more than three years old. A separate draft ordinance from Bender and Ellison would limit how much property owners can require for a security deposit. These measures are part of the council's broader effort to strengthen the rights of renters who now make up more than half of the city's population. And if Bender got her way, uh, pretty much uh, traditional neighborhoods would go out. That's also part of the 2040 plan. Right. Uh, because single-family homes are seen as an example of privilege, and uh, they, they should... Uh, th- these are people determining how you will live your life. And now they're telling property owners what they can do when it comes to uh, wondering about a potential renter. Is that uh, Keith Ellison's son, Jeremiah? Uh, look, I think it I, is. I think it is. I think we discussed this before. And what? What? He was involved in something. Uh, that I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I do. Uh-huh. There's no public hearing scheduled for the ordinance, but property owners are already preparing a battle. Nicholas. 
I'm sorry, Nicole L. Beckstrand, president of the Minnesota Multi-Housing Association, a statewide group that represents property owners, said they were blindsided when she and other members of the group walked into a meeting with council members earlier this month to talk about the proposed ordinance. She said that after exchanging pleasantries, members of her group were handed several pages about the, about the potential ordinance, a move she called frustrating and off-putting. She said she thought they were going to talk about the proposal and what the impact would be on property owners instead of being handed a pre-written ordinance. He is the son of Keith. Okay. Uh, Ward 5. Mm-hmm. The group expressed dismay over the proposal in a May 21 letter to the city, Beckstrand said that if the city restricts the ability to screen tenants, property owners would find ways around the ordinance by creating new requirements for applicants, such as higher security deposits. I think that the city council honestly believes in their mind that the information that comes out in a criminal background is not relevant to a decision around housing, Beckstram said. Bingo. Now, if they felt the information that comes out is flawed, then let's work on fixing those flaws because those criminal background checks are relevant. You know what this is? This is an attack on private property, mm-hmm. yep. and it is the contention from the salon that it doesn't make any difference what kind of background someone has. They are entitled, and that the private sector is uh, going to be enforced to accommodate them, no matter how lousy their track record's been. <laughs> That's what this is. Yep. Level playing field. It's an attack on private property. It's an attack on people who make their living renting apartments to people. Which is no crime, which is not bad. Wow. But I know a lot of people that are uh, own own properties and it might be multi unit. And they're. They care about their renters. They're not slumlords. And they're making a lot of money for the city of St. Paul. Can I call you back at uh, 1.30? Due to the fact that their uh, property taxes on those properties Mm -hmm. are unbelievable. As a guy that that also does own property, I I would never, if this does get enacted, I would never buy a piece of property in in the city of Minneapolis. I know. This is it's it's well, for children. That's very important. I am I can't missing talk to you right now a stage because of Channel Four is here. We're doing the writing. program. <laughs> here we are. Here we right. are. Booty 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 booty. Oh, yeah, booty. yeah yeah yeah. Is your pizza yeah. on its way? No, it's right. insurance Aren't problem. Order it's an insurance problem. Got it. <laughs> we, meaning Americans. Yep. Here we go. The closer. The closest you get to the country's tallest buildings mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. have acquiesced to a political system in which the people who run for office have no intention of being useful. They have every intention of dictating how you shall behave, where and what kind of cigarettes you can buy. Right. Uh, uh, you can't screen a tenant. That would be uh, no soda for you. No, you got to get rid of the food and soda. And and in the meantime, you know the basic elements of running a city are 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 suffering. The streets are bad, and the crime is up. Crime is up, and well, isn't that what irony is there though? The potholes. I mean, it's it's obligatory that everybody complains about potholes. Everybody complains about. Uh, their, their streets were not plowed well enough. But the irony is they don't care at all about that. If, if those were done and this was an added bonus that they wanted to do all this euphoria and stuff, that would be one thing. But they've left 
what they're supposed to do to do these type of things in the, all cities. And uh, I've said this before, but it's a quite a serious problem. As and you can think what you want about the news gathering industry. As newspapers decline, particularly the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, you are losing that aspect of checks and balances. I've said before, mm-hmm. when the St. Paul Pioneer Press had a fully staffed City Hall Bureau of six to seven people whose desks were in City Hall and were there every day, no mayor could have gotten away with a 16-member cabinet. He would have been embarrassed beyond belief. Mm-hmm. He would have been called out on the carpet. He would have been grilled. It never happened. As recently as George Latimer, he had about two people. He had Dick Broker and another guy. He had Dick Broker, who was his guy. You know, he was right. his guy. Right. And then uh, he was his guy who would come and say, uh, you know, there's some people in town that want to start Taste of Minnesota. Let's, let's go for it. He had a guy, and he also had a lobbyist at the Capitol. Because big cities go to legislatures and right. say, Give us some tax. Need a help, Give, yeah. We need money. That's it. This this guy we got now, he's got 16 people. I don't know how many people Jacob Fry has in his salon. Oh, probably pretty close, if not more. Because mm-hmm. Minneapolis always wants to outdo St. Paul. And, and, and I keep wondering, well, what to do about it? Well, I, I have approached many, many people in the 38 to 45-year-old age category who are lifelong St. Paulites, gainfully employed, raising families, have heads on their shoulders, and not a one of them wants to wants to run. Nope. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be a But then we're then we're doomed. Nine to one vote on this council. It's gonna take a tremendous sacrifice by someone. By that age group. Thirty five to forty five. It's gonna take a tremendous sacrifice. But it's also gonna take unfortunately, they're gonna go so they're gonna push so far that that the strain on that young homeowner with the young family and, and the, the taxes are, that are, need to be paid, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to overwhelm them. And then it might be too late for them to run and say, we need to do something about this immediately. The only time that the people that vote to put people like Melvin Carter in office give a damn about any of this is April 15th. When they look and say, wait, I owe what? That's the only time they care. Well, I'm sure it's impolitic for me to say this, but I would imagine that most of the people who voted for Melvin Carter don't have much of a oar in the water. Don't have much of a... There are some, though, that do. Finan- well, yeah, and I've always said I'm not wealthy enough to pretend I'm a liberal. Right. I'm just not wealthy enough. <laughs> I, I, in fact, I had this very conversation and, and with a, a good friend of mine that said, well, these are, taxes are getting... At, well, yeah, quit voting for the people you're voting for, idiot. Right. I, I, I still that, love you, Ben. I yep. have a bit of trouble at, at, uh, <laughs> at home so with that. Uh, oh, how'd that go? By a woman who I contend it keeps voting against her own self-interest. Sure, sure. Doesn't seem to bother her. Well, Thank God she doesn't listen I don't, to the show. <laughs> I don't know how you can get to that level <laughs> and, and be as stern in your politics, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you find that button by, the ch- by chance? The what? The one that you were just looking up? Because uh, we were discussing Otis oh, in the garage. Oh, Otis. When, oh, right. She comes out and says. Oh, yeah. That's how he answered her, huh? Oh, yep. Oh. Not going. She's still in there, Otis. You think he's got a cigar going? Oh, yeah. A lot of cigars today out, out in the... Uh, out in the commons of Garage Logic. And you know what? He's smart enough. He's smart enough right now 
not to throw those beer bottles away. Right. We throw them in that recycling bin, and it's like an echo in the canyon that just <laughs> spins. Those, spins. Those cigars came from Sodi's, I'll bet you, in Stillwater. You go to the last light on 36 before you cross the river. That's you Osgood, take it right way. on. Osgood. Osgood and yep. there's Sodi's, a brand-new cigar and pipe store with a great large humidor stock with a tremendous variety of cigars and great help on the staff. The staff knows their cigars. So you go in there as a novice. You want to buy the old man one, maybe, or uh, you know, gals smoke cigars too. But you got graduations coming up. You've we got, got a all kinds of gals. That's that's grandma for smoking. That's right. That's right. You've got all kinds of events coming up where a cigar is a is a nice touch. Grilling, golf, fishing, the cabin season. Get over to Sodi's. They know their stuff. They have a knowledge and passion for cigars. Great specials on all brands, including box specials, but great cigars. Romeo and Juliet, Monte Cristo, H. Upman, and more. And here's the best part. They thought this out. When you go in there to buy a cigar, you will not leave smelling like a cigar. Mm -hmm. The smoking lounge, which is pleasant, is separate from the storefront where the humidor is. Very good And then they've installed in the smoking lounge the highest tech, most efficient ventilation system they could find. So the people in there are enjoying their cigars, yep. and the people buying cigars don't have to be overcome with smoke. Uh, that's that's oxymoronic in a cigar store, but that's well thought out. Huge plus, because not everybody that purchases cigars smokes them. Yeah, I'm almost at the point where uh, I'm buying cigars now for other people who I know smoke cigars, because yeah. I love being around someone who is smoking them. That's my favorite thing. I love it. My son loves to smoke cigars. Yep. And uh, Matthew, not Gabe, by the way. And uh, <laughs> uh, nothing's better when he lights up around a fire in the backyard. Oh, and I love it. If you're outdoors, it's just I love pleasant. It. I love it. Especially the good ones. That's the beauty of Sodi's. You're not buying those chewers like you get at Walmart. It's like a Swisher Sweet. Yeah, these are real cigars. <laughs> Sodi'scigar.com. Hey, Great uh, weekend for cigar smoking. Yes. You know what we need to do? Hmm. We got to go get the big fella. Oh, he's down in Oklahoma, isn't yeah. he? Let's take a break and go get him. Go get Patrick Royce. Patrick? I heard a profanity in the studio, something that when I had a show, we never put up with. (laughs) It did not go out over the air. No, no, it didn't. But we we had a rule that you couldn't even swear when they weren't on the air. Are you in Oklahoma City? I am in Oklahoma City. It's been gorgeous here for two days. It's uh, mid-80s, a little bit humid, but by Oklahoma City standards, fine. Yesterday was beautiful. And uh, I think we're okay for tomorrow if the Gophers... uh, uh, we're to lose one of two games uh, tomorrow. They would be uh, done, and uh, if not, uh, then it gets the the iffy in the weather forecast down here. It's interesting that this would be the site for a end of May uh, college World Series, softball World Series, because they get some storms down here, Joe. In case you weren't aware of that, late spring. And, and they're the kind of storms we don't get. I was in uh, Hot Springs, Arkansas a couple of years ago for a car meet and oh, yeah. uh, about this time of year, and they get thunderstorms the likes of which I have never seen. No, no. They had one here uh, uh, Tuesday evening. I actually uh, flew into Dallas and was driving up Tuesday evening, and uh, fortunately I was trailing it, but the lightning and the 
distant sky was yeah. uh, rather rather impressive to say the least. We're talking about gopher female softball. Yes, they uh, women's softball they, team. They suffered a defeat yesterday, seven to two to UCLA. It was three to two in the bottom of the sixth, and then uh, UCLA scored four runs, so the, it was all over. But uh, when you get in the losers bracket in this tournament, right off the bat, you got problems because they would have to win two games on Saturday and two more on Sunday to advance to the uh, best of three finals. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's uh, not to the, it's not looking good. And the team they're playing, Joe uh, Washington, is one of the few teams in the country with two great pitchers. So they lost yesterday. But they didn't start their first team All-American, so the Gophers will be uh, facing a fresh first team All-American tomorrow after Amber Pfizer uh, did not pitch well yesterday and will have to, uh, I don't know if they would try to use her twice tomorrow or what they would. This ain't uh, church league softball, is it? Oh, no. No, no, this is the big leagues. And the other thing about it is uh, I I like the game because if you bobble the ball a little bit. Yep. They're safe. <laughs> There's no room for uh, with those uh, close sixty foot bases. Uh, it's uh, it's a instant game. Now the one problem we do have is this is basically an ESPN event. Yep. So the two and a half minute break between half innings usually stretches out to about four. Yeah. So, uh, they they stand around a lot, and the games uh, the games used to be played in about an hour and forty minutes. Now they're up to two ten, two fifteen if they don't go extra innings. Mm-hmm. Say, uh, switching gears to hockey, I wonder why the NHL uh, is uh, offering us extra day bet- uh, between Game 2 and Game 3. I thought they'd go Friday, Sunday in St. Louis. They're going Saturday, Monday. TV, I would I guess. guess. I, I guess. Mean, yeah. I would guess TV wants the game on the weekend or NBC. So uh, whatever they say you're going to do, you're going to do. And I think here... Uh, to to get back to softball, most most double elimination, as I said, you would, the Gophers would be playing one game today, one game tomorrow, and then they'd have to win twice on Sunday. I think this is the Oklahoma City Chamber of Commerce. They don't want the people from the uh, two teams that lose on Friday and are eliminated to check out of their hotels and go home. Mm-hmm. I think they want to keep you an extra day because it's uh, – but uh, ESPN calls all the shots here. They run. They run this place, and you know, you know, for good reason because they're the people who turn this into an event by uh, putting all the games on national TV. About I don't know when they started, ten, twelve years ago, maybe. And they they they've made it a big event. Yeah, they got a stadium, whole eight or ten thousand, and they fill it up. So and Patrick. I was going to say that uh, Joe and I looked at this before before the show started today, and I am verifying it, Mr. Mayor. Not only are the Blues going to have a home game, we've got Cubs at Birds this weekend in St. Louis. I thought they were at Chicago. Yeah, it's going to be a festive weekend in the Lou, as we like to say. Wow. Well, uh, now that the Blues have ended their 13-game losing streak in the Stanley Cup (laughs) Finals uh, over a period of 51 years, (laughs) but uh, 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 I'm I'm hoping the Blues win it. Wouldn't it be nice to see St. Louis win a Stanley Cup finally? But then again, poor poor Boston hasn't had a parade here for a championship in, uh, what, uh, six months? Three, four months. Yeah, three, four months. (laughs) Hey, Pat. You remember the great picture of the horizontal Bobby Orr after scoring the winning yes. goal in overtime in 1970 yes. against the Bruins? Yeah, against uh, the Blues, yeah. I'm sorry, against the Blues. Uh, guess the date that game was played, the final. 
the night they lifted oh, the, the the final was probably played May fourteenth. May tenth. May tenth. <laughs> and that was, was after the first time. round of expansion. Yes, yeah. They didn't uh you know, they didn't uh, stretch her out like they do now. They all I think we should have a when I'm president, I'm gonna the my first priority is gonna be to call the uh the teams from the major sports, the four major sports together and say you're all cutting your schedule by ten percent right yep. now. Right now, and you're going to be you're going to play in your season. Yep. all of you people. I agree. Can you imagine in the days of the original six, it was done by mid-April? Well, look look up the Minneapolis Lakers uh, when they won their six titles in seven years yep. from forty-eight to fifty-four, whatever it was. Yeah, usually the Raptor up about April tenth. Isn't that something? <laughs> April twelfth. Something. They once interrupted their finals to play a best of three with the Globetrotters. Right. And they still got done by April 20th. It's getting to where baseball has the exclusive stage for about a month. Yeah, if they're lucky. Yeah. A few weeks. What uh, What happened to Rocco? Didn't have a happy homecoming Ooh. to Tampa last night. Ah, hey, what was the other big. Three. What was he? Didn't they also get. Did Baltimore put a whipping on him? They've lost a couple of huge games now. When they lose, they lose big. What's the other game I'm thinking of? I I don't know, but an 11-run deficit only tied their worst beating of the season. So... But I can't remember who beat them. No, they swept Baltimore. They have, they didn't lose a game yeah. to Baltimore. They went to against Baltimore and have, have petitioned the league to play them more often. <laughs> no, this spring there was a game where the the, yes. the Twins got hammered and came back the next day and won. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was Baltimore. I guess not. Well, I think, Patrick, what it was last night was more of the fact that Perez's cutter, it didn't. It didn't it cut. Cut. No. Uh, well, plus, everybody, all the hitters are now looking inside. Yep. You know, they're, uh, they're, they're prepared for that thing now, and he's going to have to uh, make a little change here, throw that change up away. Tampa's got but a at good club. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. They, uh, Are they ever going to give up on that slop? I don't. I don't uh, know. But I did learn via the broadcast last night when I was driving home, listening to Provis and Gladden, that Charlie Morton, the guy that started for the Rays yeah. last night, grew up a huge Rocco Baldelli fan. He's from Tampa. Huh. Oh, really? He had the autographed Rocco Baldelli jersey growing up. I found out. Well, the shock of shocks is Charlie Martin as Tampa went out and gave him some money. Yeah. Uh, and you know, kind of a. You know, he had a real good year in Houston last year, but to have Tampa outbid the Astros was kind of weird, to say the least. Rookie's got the Laker information. Here we go. 1949. Dates April 4th to 13th. 1950. April 8th to 23. Uh, 51. 7 to 21 of April. So and then sixty or fifty two April twelfth to the twenty fifth. So they just they were basically early to mid April. Well, just for the yeah. hell of it, look up the last year of the original six uh, would would have been the nineteen sixty six Cup final. Right? No, uh, by the fall of sixty seven, the North Stars were were playing. Yes, but you would the game would have been played in the spring. That's true. Uh, the sixty six sixty seven. That see that's how that calendar. Yeah, the 66-67. Yeah, a little math problem. Yeah, right. The 66-67 season. all over that one. All right, who was it? Red Wings and Les Habitants? April 24th to May 5th. Really? Ooh, that was getting a little later than it Wow. And then the next year, it was April 20th to May 2nd. (laughs) 
Well, that's because it only took the four. The four, you know, our North Stars had to play five road games against the Blues because we had the circus at New Med Center. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and and still, I think lost in double overtime in Game Seven in St. Louis. Otherwise, right off the bat. Our North Stars could have had the privilege of getting swept by an original six team in the Stanley Cup final. Sixty-four, April eleven to twenty-fifth. Sixty-three, April nine to eighteen. Wow. Mm-hmm. So the original yeah. six finisher up in April, and then the boys went to the lake. Right. The twelve, and then they had the twelve, so they probably had. Well, they, you know, you only had two rounds of the playoffs with six teams. Well, the and Bruins and the Blues have been playing now for two months. You added a round of the playoffs when you went to. Uh, you know, this, uh, when you went to 12 teams instead of, mm-hmm. that's, that's why it took a little longer, obviously. Are you in downtown but, OKC? I'm mean, kind of out in uh, Embassy Suites, but uh, lo and behold, I was driving out to, by the way, the girl on the telephone remains the greatest invention in the history of the internet <laughs> to get you around a strange town. The girl on the telephone. Siri? Siri. I'd marry, yeah. I'd marry her. Yeah. But uh, she got me to someplace, but I actually drove through what would have to pass for a trendy district in Oklahoma City. Yeah. So kind of a, you know, the bookshop and the coffee shop and all the. Sure. White you can get them. About three blocks. Hey, buddy, you live around here? Hey, you, uh, how you doing? You live around here? What's, uh, where are you playing? Where do you play golf? Tell that story again <laughs> for new listeners. Pat, tell that story again for new All listeners. Right. The, uh, which U.S. Open was it? 2000? Yeah. Was there 2000? When did Tiger win by 15? Uh, 2000 or that 2002? Was Pebble Beach. It was Pebble Beach, Rook. Pebble yep. Beach, yes. And, uh, and uh, Which, if you've uh, never been to, is... The place in the United States of America. Yes, and 17-mile drive. Yep. There's not a hole down there that you could get for less than about six mil, right? Right. Maybe. Right. And uh, my uh, my bride was with me, and she had a uh, friend, uh, the Beckleys, who lived on the 16th Green at Spyglass Hill, which is a you know half a mile from the first tee box at. Uh, Pebble. Pebble Beach, yep. and and we because of them we were able to get a pass to drive in there, yep. park in their parking lot because mm-hmm. uh, they were residents, and uh, we were driving around aimlessly because we didn't have the girl in the telephone then. Right, right. right. What year was it, Rook? Two thousand. Two thousand. There was a uh, Hispanic gentleman. It was a security guard, <laughs> and he. <laughs> Had an ill-fitting shirt on and a yep. little belt, and you know it was like his gut was basically hanging out, kind of shine. And I pulled off to the side there and walked over there, and the window was open, and I said, "Do you live around here?" <laughs> hey, you are. Uh, hey, you live around here. Where are you? you are you up on fourth? That's six and a quarter an hour you make. Do you live around here? <laughs> Yeah, pal, I'm right on the fifth tee. And then he looked at me like I was taunting him. And then, what are you hearing in the background? Question again. Next question. And then the DA screams out the window. Don't be so stupid. You were looking for a little idle conversation to build some trust. That's how you do it, Murray County. You don't happen to be going uptown, do you? No. You never never directly say, hey, can you give me a ride uptown? You got it. 
you got to you got to beat around the bush. Sure. Right. Hey, I'm not a thief but, driving around here. I just want to know uh, how do I get on the main? That might have been my worst uh, example ever of uh, over politeness. Yeah. Hey, buddy, you live around here? Live around here? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm in the red one over there on the hill. <laughs> hey, Peter, I can see your house from here. I got that house up there that's just above the restless sea. Right. Is, uh, worth about 12 mil. Uh, oh. <laughs> you jackass. Yeah, that was, uh, that was not a. God, I love that story. <laughs> All right, well, you have uh, you have fun, lad. All right, I'll see you. Go Thank on. you. Say, uh, I want to remind you of this great, great weekend. You know what? Really the first, probably the first full riding, motorcycle riding season of the weekend, if you count today. Yep. Beautiful all, all weekend. And uh, I hope you're getting in touch with DennisKirk.com, a trusted retailer of parts, accessories, and apparel for you and your bike. Huge in-stock selection, guaranteed best prices, same-day shipping, and satisfaction guarantee makes DennisKirk.com the best in the business. And get this, if you buy a helmet or an apparel item and it doesn't fit or you don't like it or you get FFLF'd, no problem. Dennis, that's the female fun limitation factor. DennisKirk.com will even pay the return shipping. And at DennisKirk.com, you order. By 8 o'clock today, you're going to get it tomorrow. And you're choosing for more than 160,000 products in stock. Doesn't make any difference what kind of motorcycle you ride. They have you They have you covered. DennisKirk.com. Order today and get it tomorrow. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Turn off that mic, Otis. Turn it off. Poor guy. Steve, can you play us a little something? Thank you. Steve Anderson, Stephen C., the official pianist of Garage Logic, often can be seen during the holidays accompanying the Garage Logic Wives Choir when they have their big uh, uh, Christmas event at, uh, is it St. McLaren's? Yes. St. McLaren's in downtown Garage Logic. Love that. Yeah. And uh, people of all faiths come to that event. It's not limited to the fish eaters. Did you see how they're running the uh, that little that old school fashioned train over by Louis Cardinal Station? Yes, I love for that. the kids. Just all they're doing is going half a mile down the track and coming back. Well, they used to have one of those at Como Park. Remember? Maybe yes. they still do. Uh, I, I I don't think they do. I don't, they I, they did though. I remember that. And I love the way Bart puts on his uh, Casey Jones hat. The engineer. <laughs> yes. That Ain't GL a great place to live? I, I think so. Really I think is. So. Can really I share is. a quick comment? So I posted the uh, thing. The, the temp saying it's an opener Yep. to the GL Facebook page. Matt Zenner writes, Rook, you're going to love this one. The mayor's lilacs blooming and a garage door opener in the same week. Man, what a time to be alive. Man. Yeah, and Rook, uh, <laughs> Rook, it's it's uh, kind of interesting that you uh, you posted that the garage door, or you tweeted that the garage door is open and the common sense is flowing freely. Sure. Y- you spelled common wrong. No. Did I really? You spelled common wrong. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> and you, you can't oh, you're not deleting tweet. that. I'm can, doing it no. right now. No, can you fix that, please? No, no. You, you spelled common. You C-O-M-M-I-N. Right, right. Oh, my God. Is that your dyslexia? A couple 13, 14 mistakes. <laughs> Damn it. Offsite correspondent, Chief Offsite correspondent Kelsey notes that he believes he has found the identity of the creature. Uh, that plagued uh, the Highland Park area for years. I would write about the creature. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, and it was, and I was never lying about it. I would take the dog for a walk on the Highland nine-hole golf course in mm-hmm. the winter, 
and occasionally we would encounter a creature, something that would spit up a rooster tail of snow as it fled from from my hound trying to get it. And uh, 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 Chief Offsite Correspondent Kelsey notes that raccoon dogs are on the loose in the U.K. I saw this. I never knew of a raccoon dog. Uh, while it may sound like the plot of a comic book set amidst a world filled with nuclear fallout, the animals are very real and apparently freaking people out in the northern English countryside. The exotic pets are members of the dog family from Asia. They escaped from an enclosure in Clarborough Tuesday and began terrorizing neighbors. One of the animals was photographed at a nearby farm and allegedly attacked a goat. Uh, Nottinghamshire police say they are not domesticated and potentially dangerous. According to the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, raccoon dogs hail from Eastern Asia but have been imported to Europe, although the organization strongly discourages keeping them as pets. Raccoon dogs are wild animals. They need a great deal of space, and their needs simply cannot be met in a typical household. They are also extremely smelly as they use scent to communicate to one another. They're very ugly. They're ugly, and they stink, and the whole deal. I would not want them as a domestic pet. What if we used scent to communicate with one another? Uh, I wouldn't like that. Right. I don't think we'd be working with each other. Uh, boy, there are pictures of them. That could be the creature. Do you think there could be one in uh, in Highland? I've never seen anything closer to looking like the creature than a raccoon dog. They communicate via stank. I don't like that. I'd rather talk. Oh, here comes Ma. Hey, smell my butt. Yep. Come on up. Hey. I'm noon to town. Here it is. Yeah. Hey, yeah, you you're from Jersey, here? huh? You live around here? Where? Uh, yeah, where is, where's uh, Main Avenue? Where's uh, Main Street? Frequent uh, contributor uh, Jordy writes. Yep. Uh, he he linked me to an article about a guy who rode his bicycle from California to Minnesota to protest at MSE Airport charged with trespassing. And Jordy notes, and he didn't stop for a single stop sign. <laughs> man bikes from California to Minnesota to protest. Okay. A California man protesting without a permit at the Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport earlier this week was charged with trespassing after police say refused to leave. The incident happened around 2 p.m. near the Terminal 2 baggage claim. That's the other terminal, right? Uh, not yes. the new one. Not right the by, main one. Right by door number 8. Right. It's the, there's the main one and not the main not one. Not the main this one. This is not the main Correct. one. Correct. According to airport police, an officer patrolling the area spotted a man dressed in a yellow raincoat holding a large sign that read, He will not divide us. And they use that symbol for divide. Oh, right. Sure. Police say the man, identified as 61-year-old John Wider, told officials that he traveled on his bike from California to Minnesota over the span of seven weeks to spread his message. According to the incident report, when police asked what his sign meant, Wider stated that it was a political reference to President Trump, Democrats, and Republicans. Police say the officer informed Wider that he would not be allowed to continue to protest without a permit, but he refused to leave, so they arrested him. He was transported to Henneman County Adult Detention Center in Minneapolis, where he was charged with misdemeanor trespassing. I have a lot of questions about this. Okay. They got airports in California. If that's where you think you need to stage your protest. Right. Why did he feel the need to Why did he have to come here? Seven-week track to... Uh, I know what I'm going to do. We're hardly Trump country. I'm going to get my yellow raincoat. Yep. Right. I'm going to ride my bike to Minnesota Oof. and set up shop at their airport. He didn't even pick the main terminal. He <laughs> picked know, not the main one. He probably heard that we're, our future is going to be no electric cars. No, we can't no, have any cars. Uh, no gas cars. We're gonna we're gonna just have public transportation. Well, uh, and bike riding. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have plans for the opener today? I do. Uh, I do. 
Mm-hmm. I've got uh, very good plans. I do, too. And uh, I've got something I'm laying on the grill, so I'm very excited. Well, are you grilling from Grund? Uh, I'm out of Grund offer, so I've got to make it up there. Somebody i got a lot of stuff going on this weekend. I want to get up there and get the ribeye burgers. They're made with ribeye steak. Yes, and the, uh, what Give is it? Give me a tri-tip. tri-tip. Yeah. I want a tri-tip. That's beef briskets and beef tri-tip roasts. <sighs> Uh, bacon cheddar burgers, black God, and blue it's a cheese. Great time to be alive. Hickory smoked salmon and pastrami made in house by professional meat cutters. One time I asked Spencer, I said, "Are you a butcher?" And he said, "Nope, I'm a meat cutter." Are you a I'm master a, builder or a master meat, butcher? Meat cutter. It's the home of brats, of course. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in the north end of Hugo, uh, on the east side of Highway 61. 130 brat flavors. These are. Pork brats, you bo- you grill them. You don't bro- boil these. You grill these. You grill these. Get your neighborhood, you know, your neighborhood watch where the guys are all sitting around the garage. Mm-hmm. Appoint someone to make a Grunhofer's run for you. And then, uh, you know, you can Everybody kinda... throw in something for the effort. Exactly. That's all you got to do. Well, you like the jerky, too. I like the sl- uh, slow heat and sweet... <laughs> Jerky, it's delicious. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats.com. Do you realize GLers are meeting each other? <laughs> Not having previously met, they're meeting each other in Grunhofer's parking lot? Well, he's got a sign up there that says, have, have you listened to Garage Logic? Sign up here. We want to know. They'll cut your bacon any way you want, double smoked hams. They'll cut steaks any way you want. They've got it all beef steaks, roast veal, and chicken. It's just a, it's the meat capital of the world, is what it is. You know what? In fact, I just realized that I'm not out of Grunhoffers. I've got some brats that I froze from last time. I just mm-hmm. remembered that. So I got some Philly cheese. You've had the Philly cheese brats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those are dynamite. And you might not expect it, but the egg roll brats. Um, it's like you're eating an egg roll on a brat. It's hmm. it's a, a great taste if you like egg rolls, and I do love egg rolls. I'm very picky, by the way. Joe, I need a ruling. Do it. Is a non-apology apology allowed if you are falsely accused by your CP of something? Huh? For instance, if you think the C, oh, if you always. thank the CP for her help with something in a sincere fashion, and she falsely accuses that you were being sarcastic and unappreciative, oh. is it okay to offer a non-apology apology? My rationale is that this will get you back on her good side, and you were able to feel like you maintained your dignity by not issuing a real apology, since you had nothing to apologize for in the first place. Please advise for all other GLers out there. Oh, I think what he means is, she accuses him of of being insincere Sarcasm. in her appreciation, disingenuous in, in okay. his appreciation. Uh, and he he must have responded with a non-apology apology, which would have gone something like, I apologize if you were offended by that. You know, isn't it funny how things like that can really take a quick turn? Really? Really take a, <laughs> a quick turn when, really? when all, is, really? you know, all is good with the universe. Sure, and, yes. and maybe you're brought a, a, a bologna sandwich and, and some chips and you go, honey, that was really nice. That was a really good bologna sandwich. And she sees it as... Oh, uh, did I, oh, you're what, being dismissive, what was huh? What was, yeah, what didn't, like, no, no, I, I meant it's, it was, it well, okay. really tasted good. I'm well, it was sorry. just regular bologna. Well, I'm sorry if that offended you. Yeah, and, that, and then it just, you're I, done for the night. That might be the only occasion when you can use a non-apology apology. Right, right. Your ruling won't help me, though, as my wife Carrie is a daily listener would most certainly see through this. It's too bad you don't do happy birthdays on the air because Monday, June 3, is her birthday. She is an in-home daycare provider for seven small children and two that come after school, which qualifies her for sainthood. As far as I'm concerned, she loves to foghorn ridiculous children's names, never FFLFs me, and is on the good side of the crazy hot matrix. 
You probably remember the old Kapuya sounder from a few years back. Remember that? Kapuya! Kapuya! You have that maybe somewhere? Let me look. It's one uh, we wish would come back on the show, and I'm ordering her a Kapuya t-shirt for her birthday. She's going to love it, and he, he featured the picture here. He says, keep pushing back. We love it. Nate Harling in Lincoln, North Dakota. I'm trying to remember Kapuya. what story that was from, because she the woman in it was describing... A storm. Is that what it was? was It was a storm. storm. Okay. And she was describing uh, what it sounded like. It sounded like Kapuya. Not seeing it in the library. Uh, It's probably gone. What are you going to do? I can't can't keep all these things. I'm sorry if you were offended. And then the, I mean, you're you're basically, you're sleeping on the couch or in a different bedroom that night because it just, no, 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 that's not what I meant. And then you raise your voice. Why are you yelling at me? Would you even be better off just being full, fully. Uh, how, no, how would you, you say you that? You can't admit full guilt. No, then that's then you're being paid. You're being uh, patronizing. But to. you, you got to look at the long term payoff here. For instance, if you just said, "Honey, I'll, I'll admit I really wasn't paying attention." What do you need? In other, you know what I'm saying? Right. Are you better off just going that road as opposed it's, to apologizing? It's a dangerous road because you don't know what I guess what's going to happen. Uh, I, I'm delighted to share this on the day of the opener. On the day of the opener. Mm. A San Diego hospital this week revealed the birth of a girl and said she is believed to be the world's tiniest surviving <gasps> micropremia. I saw this story. She weighed 8.6 ounces when wow. she was born in December. Basically the size of an apple. She was born 23 weeks and three days into her mother's 40-week pregnancy. Doctors told her father after the birth that he would have about an hour with his daughter before she died. But that hour turned into two hours, which turned into a day, which turned into a week. The mother said in a video released by Sharp Mary Birch Hospital for Women and Newborns. More than five months have passed, and she has gone home as a healthy infant weighing five pounds. That is truly well, it unbelievable. it gives you something to think about, doesn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. The baby's family gave permission to share the story, but wanted to stay anonymous, according to the hospital. They allowed the girl to go by the name the nurses called her, Sabi, S-A-Y-B-I-E. Oh, I don't care what trouble this kid overcame. You're going to get foghorned. I just foghorned the kid. The hell? Oh, no, no, no. Her ranking as the world's smallest baby ever to survive is according to the tiniest baby registry maintained by the University of Iowa. Dr. Edward Bell, a professor of pediatrics at the University of Iowa, said Sabi had the lowest medically confirmed birth weight submitted to the registry. Wow. But he says we can't rule out that there have even been smaller. The hospital said the girl officially weighed seven grams less than the previous tiniest baby who was born in Germany in 2015. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Man, them jokers was big, size of a quarter doggone. Many said it sounded like nothing they've ever heard before. He said, Kapuya, Kapuya! <laughs> Man, them jokers was big. He said, Kapuya, Kapuya! And the mad them jokers was big. Get now. He said, Kapuya, Kapuya! Kapuya! Come on, baby, dog. Come on, baby, dog. Come on, baby, dog. Give me more. Better save it. 
we're gonna have to re-get that or re-put that in the system. I think so. I didn't know someone had converted it to a rap song. Oh, no. Otis, Otis, turn off your mic. He can't. He can't, he can't get, get up. up. Oh, we'll well, be right. We'll be back shortly. I think. I think so. University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self-Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. Who's on the line? A special guest that wanted to uh, check in. He knew we were recording right now. He wanted to check in and wish us a happy opener. Steve Payne. Painter. Hey, how you boys doing? <laughs> Pretty good. Where are you? I'm sitting at home. Well, it's the opener. You got the garage door open? I do actually. Uh, I, I text Brooke the other day. I said, "This has got to be the, the the latest opener you've ever had." Isn't it, it is. It is. Oh, there's Painter. Look out! Look that out! Must be look painters. out! It's that must painter's, be painter's microphone. <laughs> My God! Well, how many have you had already? <laughs> yeah. Oh God! <laughs> painter's mic has been on during the entire broadcast, and that's about as nobody's counting in the garage. But I think we're up to number eight over there. When's that Ford Galaxy of yours going back to the fifties? Well, here, let's not jump to that yet. So you asked me if I was, the garage door was up, and the answer was yes. In yeah. fact, you brought that car up. I took it out of the garage uh, just about an hour and a half ago. I brought it out and washed it for the first time this year. Yep. And I wanted to do it to celebrate the garage opener. Wonderful. Nice. And I uh, got it all shined up and ready to go to a car show tomorrow in Roberts, Wisconsin, which mm-hmm. is about 10 minutes from where I live. So that'll be its first show of the year. Wonderful. And uh, But back to the 50s, I will not be making that this year. You're not making it, no. Yeah, all right. No, I've got a, I've got a domestic thing. Uh, my wife's uh, cousin, first cousin, is getting married that day. Well, you got to uh, go Saturday. to that, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I got it if I want to keep peace at home. That's right. it. So, that's smart. it. That's it. That's smart. it. Happy wife is a happy life, as they say. So, you weren't you weren't in the league in 1970. You would have been too young. Oh, hell no. No, I'd, I'd have been uh, 12 years old sitting at home watching the league. Right. Well, we were just noting earlier that uh, on May 10th of 1970, when the yeah. uh, Bruins beat the Blues in four games to win the Cup, right. the, fi- the final game was May 10th. I know, isn't that amazing? I was I was going through the, the the playoff date thing with some buddies actually last week, and we brought up the fact in '81 uh, when I was with the Stars that we went to the Stanley Cup final against the Islanders. Uh, we we went five games and we were done May 19th. Isn't that something? Wow! I can't believe how far they go into the, yeah. the play the in the June now. It's it's crazy. It's, Painter, uh, quick question: um, You didn't wear yeah. a helmet, correct? You did at some point, but did you always wear a helmet or no? I did. I did. I'm not the brightest bulb, but I, I was bright enough to know not play without a helmet. That's why you still function. That's true. Did you see, uh, right. who was it? Was it Tori Krug or Krug? Did you see him yep. with his helmet? Well, it got hit? knocked off, right? Yeah, it got yeah. knocked off when he got knocked down, but then he went after the guy and he just yep. smacked. I can't imagine how much that would have hurt. Oh, yeah, there's, there's nuts. I mean, every. I could tell you, I got a new helmet every season. At the end of the season, you look, you know, you look at the helmet, and there's nothing but black marks all over it from, you know, either pucks or sticks that hit me in the melon. You know, so I mean, it's like I got my bell rung enough as it was with a helmet on. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. But I will bring up, you know, that's an interesting topic because 
if you look now, Joe, and you'd know, you're old enough to have been watching this for a long, long, like when there was no helmets in the league. Right. And uh, goalies didn't even wear a mask. Right. You know, I think you look at the kids now, the way they run around and they high stick the hell out of each other and they have no reverence for, for somebody. I think the fact that we had guys playing without a helmet made us more cognizant of hitting people above the shoulders. And I think we were cleaner because of it. I bet you're right. I bet you're right. Yeah. Yeah, well, nobody wanted to open some guy's head open. No, you know, I no. mean, that's just not, that's a bad situation. And, you know, I sure, certainly wouldn't want to have been blamed for, you know, cracking some guy's skull open no. with a stick or something like that. So we were, we were always respectful of that, even though, you know, the guy's a bit of a moron for not wearing his helmet because he could still, you know, trip and slide into the boards and crack his head open right. without anyone else's help. Hey, the only but, thing uh, we want the only thing we want to open today yeah. is the garage. Yeah. All right. We got to go. Good luck at that car show, Painter. Yeah, are you guys going to be there again? Where? At the back to the fifties? Yeah. Not this year. We are not. We're like you. We're gonna. We got a thing. I got a thing. You got a thing. I got a thing. <laughs> well, you're in podcast land now, so life yeah. is different, right? Yeah. Yeah. Take care. Thanks All for right. checking in. Thanks for so checking I've been in, guys. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, Happy Painter. Garage door opener. Thank All you. Right. I'm gonna go have a cold one right that, now. That a Take boy. Care. That a boy. Speaking of car shows, yes, I've got a classmate of mine. Uh, his name is Doug Evans. He's a huge garage logician. He lives in the northern metro, and he has done a tribute to— we lost one of our classmates, Troy Lee, uh, a long time ago, who was a, a friend of Doug's. He has done a, a put together a beautiful vehicle, and he's going to be at the Mopar in the park. It's a huge show in Lake Elmo, Washington County Fairgrounds, today through June 2nd. He said, finish my storyboard that I'll display at the car shows. I sent him some pics from the Cretan yearbook. Uh, but if you stop by, it's Mopars in the Park, Lake Elmo, Washington County Fairgrounds. Stop by and see the car that Doug Evans has completely redone. It's really neat. It was a, let me see, 68 Dodge Coronet 500. I wonder how Mr. Grandquist of big-time sports auctions gets his memorabilia. I bet he's got some really cool car pictures, some Indy 500 stuff. Oh, yeah, or maybe some. Uh, but, I mean, do, do, maybe he contacts a guy like Steve Payne. Says gets an autographed stick or one of those great. He's got to have probably. tremendous connections. I'm talking about big time sports auctions. If you're holding an event, you could bring in big time sports auctions. They'll help you with a silent auction. They not only help you, they set it up. They do everything. These are one of the kind items. They have certificates of authentication. I've been talking about this great Bobby Orr photo. They have that. Uh, it doesn't make any difference what kind of event. It can be a school event, a charity event, a golf tournament, whatever. Mm-hmm. What they do is they bring in whatever package you want. They set it up. They set up the bid sheets. They take they take, they take, take a taste, and your organization gets the rest, and it's a wonderful, wonderful deal. You know that famous picture of Bobby Orr that I've been talking about, scoring the winning goal against St. Louis in yep. the Stanley Cup Finals, May tenth, 1970? That's my favorite sports picture of all time. Big time sports auctions has a frame print of that picture signed by Bobby Orr himself. How cool would that be to have to put very, up for bid at your next event? Very, huh? very yeah. cool. Big time sports auctions have all kinds of items just like that. Call Steve Granquist at Big Time Sports Auctions, 612-718-3629. 612-718-3629. He'll customize a set of items for your event, bring them out, set them up, Collect the money for you if you want, then clean it up, remove it, and you take credit for a wonderful, wonderful event. Go to btsauctions.com. That's bts with an s, auctions.com. 
Com. Who, who hey, y'all. Oh, Bill? Is that who Here's I think Here's Kenny with news from the Crab <laughs> Look at and that. Coffee Shop. Kenny what a dummy. Via Twitter. Look at this. <laughs> what a dummy. He said happy opener, y'all. What's up, dummy? That's right from rural America, isn't He's it? He's got the, as we call it, the bleep kicking. That uh, building behind boats. him hadn't seen paint since 1930. <laughs> Uh, so we have to describe. You can find him. Uh, at, what is he on Twitter? At MSP underscore traffic. Um, but he, Look at, but this, you know, Kenny's built like an ape. Look at his right arm's longer than his left right. arm. Right. He really is. It's longer by his hand width. He's got his barn boots on. Uh, he smells horrible, I'm and sure. You know what other rule he's living by right now? Sun's out, guns out. Yeah, sun's out, guns sleeveless out. T-shirt. Sleeveless t shirt. <laughs> Cut him off himself. <laughs> Got that bleep kicking straw hat on? Yeah, my God. God, get that oh off the screen. God. Yeah, that's pretty gross. You know our friend Steve Wilson up in Aiken? Yes. It's a great point. What's that? On yesterday's podcast, you were talking about Coon Rapids and mentioned that Coon Rapids does not stand for what the dark people would think it did. You might want to clarify who the dark people are. All right. As fellow GLers, we know exactly what you mean, but new listeners might not. Good luck. Uh, P.S. Can we get an update on the rat situation? No, we can't, no. Steve. Dark people are the people who come into a large uh, urban environment and then complain about the lights. Yes. They, uh, dark people are people who see bleakness in, in their in lives and would wish for the lives of others to change. Has apparently. nothing to do with color. Has nothing to color. do with ethnicity. Dark people, uh, the term started uh, by a, a raft of stories in both Minneapolis and St. Paul about people... Uh, the trend being now people coming downtown to live in these converted lofts right. and apartments, but then they complain because a bank light might uh, come into their window, and they so they're they're coming to the centers of commerce and then complaining about the commerce mm-hmm. itself, and they got coined dark people. But Steve uh, is offering me a wise uh, wise counseling there to clarify. It's that. probably a good idea. Yeah. Well, it has nothing to do with anything except. Uh, these are people who wish uh, for others to be as bleak as they are. Right. No yeah. No signs on top. I want my limited amount of light that night. All right. Let's go out with more of uh, Stephen C., uh, the gang down at the beach, uh, oh, yeah. the festivities. Uh, Otis. It's either Otis that, or Painter. Flip that mic. There you go. Here we go. What an opener, GLers. Uh, my say. phone right Steve, now. It's about. Let's run see. up here. Steve, we need you again. He's down at the bar. Let me get the temperature. It's down at the bar. It's 86. He oh. just, there you go. There we go. It's 86. Look at that uh, Look at that cocktail Steve has right on the uh, piano. Sweating a little bit. Oh, yeah. Sweating a yeah, little bit. Yeah. All right. What an opener. Gets the vibrating rings inside of the glass, too. Yes. Yeah. Took a long time to get to the opener. We, we got almost there. made it to June. We got there. <laughs> One more day, that would have been June. We got there, baby. It's June 1st tomorrow, boys. Yes, it is. Tell your friends. Uh, show them how to get this show. It's not that if, difficult. If if you don't tell everybody on a Friday afternoon to listen to this podcast while they're having a uh, a nice cigar, oh, maybe that brats on the grill, maybe you're planting things that you picked up at uh, Ace Hardware. Kapuya. You set the e-bike down for a little rest. Yes, yes. Let's just sit and enjoy it, huh? And don't forget, by the way, uh, the GL podcast survey 
up and running, both on the Facebook page and on the Garage Logic Twitter account. We just want some feedback. We want to improve the show. Love to hear what you have to say. Happy opener, GLers. Happy opener. GarageLogic.com is where you can find just about everything. Our uh, Facebook page, GL Facebook page, and Twitter mm-hmm. has our survey. That's where you can find that, correct? Yep. yep. All right. And if you want to find some of the back podcasts catching up while you're kicking around the, after- the afternoon on a Friday opener, oh, my God, we got them all. They're listed at GarageLogic.com. Check out Greg Holcomb and his wonderful creations. Check out what's on Joe's bookshelf in Author's Corner. And also, don't forget to rate us on Apple iTunes, as well as you want to be one of these wonderful sponsors we have where GLers flock to your business, get a hold of us. Rookie at GarageLogic.com, GLJoe at GarageLogic.com. We'd love to talk to you. And when you're all caught up in your podcast, remember Table Talk with Rookie's family. All right, we're building a beautiful brand here, folks. You're in the Garage Logic Club. Thanks for listening. Have a great afternoon or evening or morning or whenever you're listening. International opener declared by the mayor. Ah, see you next time. Nice job, Steve-O.